Hey guys, it's Edge Martinez. They call me the voice of New York. And 50 years ago, hip hop started right here in New York City. And we're celebrating the five boroughs all year long. Check out nyctourism.com forward slash hip hop for cultural stories, events, interviews, and more. nyctourism.com forward slash hip hop. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7? Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, how's it going, everyone? This is the Go Long Podcast. I'm your host, your co-host, Tyler Dunn, here with Jim Monas. What the hell's going on, Jim? We're remote. We're not at uh, HBC, but I'm, I'm drinking a little juice box, boy. The Double Dry Hop IPA 8.0, hitting me good on this Wednesday night. The juice box boys are so good. I miss I miss being at Hamburg right now. It's not fun. It's not the same. The energy is not the same, but we, we just got to bring it. We got to dig down deep, drink a couple of these juice boxes from Hamburg, and we'll be right back on track. I love it. I love it. It's great. I mean, all their IPAs are, are fantastic, but um, the, the, this one, I, it, it's right up there. It's up right there. up there, you know? I mean, we're, we're Hoptimonium guys, first and yeah, foremost. But, but You know what? Hey, I'm, you got to be versatile. You got to be versatile. You do. You can't be pigeonhole. You can't play one position. I like it. We got we got to switch it up. When they when they break out the new ones, we got to try them. And when they're good, we got to give them credit. Hey, sometimes you got to be able to post up on the block, you know, take that drop step and dunk it. Sometimes you got to be able to uh, shoot the J from the elbow, and sometimes you got to hit the three from the corner. You know, you got to hey, mix it up. That speaking of the NBA basketball, have you been watching? Have you been watching these games? On and off. You know, I, I do love it. I do love the playoffs. I love the talent. You know, it really is amazing watching these guys play. We always talk about it. But some of the games are unwatchable. You know, they're just still unwatchable sometimes. But, you know, I'll get I'll pick it up as the series moves, you know, as they move along. It'll get it'll get better and better. I mean, you know, I'm an NBA guy. I mm-hmm. love the Charlotte Hornets and, and have for, you know, as long as I can remember. But I'm with you. I mean, I feel like every time I've turned on one of these playoff games, I'm, I'm turning it off in, in five, ten minutes. And, and maybe that's uh, – a byproduct of having an 18 month old, but, um, and you having a baby right. as well, but it's like, I, I can't get past LeBron James's flopping. Like, I know it's, I, I know, I know it's a small thing and no, I sound no, like it's... a curmudgeon here, but I mean, you are the, the biggest, strongest, most athletic physical freak that the sport has ever seen. And you're, you're just passing out in the paint. Like you just got shot dead. I mean, give me a break. I, I I know it's some. I just can't. I can't turn the game back on after seeing something like that. It, you know, I, I I get it. I do. It's a little much. You know, I I can get past it to watch the 
you know, to appreciate at his age to still do what he's doing at the highest level. I, I do appreciate it. It's like HGH probably, right? We, oh, there's no HGH, doubt. HGH, yeah. No doubt. Same stuff Brady got on. Uh, Kobe <laughs> was on it before, he, you know, when Kobe took that trip to Germany, whatever he did, whatever those crazy trips they were taking. So I, I don't that, – that stuff has to exist. Yeah, you know, I don't want to flippantly throw it out there. I can remember – Working on an HGH story at the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, God, it would have been 2012, 2013. And because back then it was like an honor system, right? I mean, you remember it wasn't tested for. Like, and everybody kind of looked the other way. And and like, I remember talking to Thomas uh, Dimitrov. Is it Dimitrov or Dimitrov? Yeah, we always said Dimitrov. Dimitrov. Yeah. Um, always, you know, super approachable at the Combine. Um, we catch up often. I'm sure you've ran across him a bunch. Good guy. And he was so honest on it. He's like, yeah, you know, sometimes you'll look at a guy, and he's a little bigger, he's a little stronger, and you, and you might look into it. I'm thinking, shit, nobody's looking. Like, you want that as a GM, as a coach. Um, there was one player who told me he estimated, like, you know, a dozen guys per team were probably taking HGH. And I remember Amon Green, the Packers running back, oh, yeah. he made a great point. He's like, Look, it's just you already produce it as a human being. You're putting more of it into your body. He's trying to justify it. But anyways, when I was reporting on that, I didn't I didn't run this. I don't want anybody to think like I'm reporting this right now. But there was one uh doctor who kind of just mentioned in passing that he had heard LeBron and Dwayne Wade, you know, there he'd heard rumors about that. So who knows? Who knows? Like and I would I think that's a story worth writing at some point. Like with all of these supplements, all the crazy stuff out there. I mean, you can go into GNC and see a million different things. Like, where do you draw the line with performance-enhancing drugs? Like, like a, a lot of this stuff, it, it, it helps you heal. It helps you um, perform at your optimal performance. But, but at what point is it cheating? I, I don't know where that line is. It seems to change over time. I could tell you where I wish the line was, that there wasn't one. I'd do it all. Right? Yeah, do it all steroids, cocaine, Lawrence Taylor, all those stories he talked about being high when he played on cocaine. And, hey, why not? You're in the most physical, craziest sport in the world. Do whatever you have to do. Get bigger. Be like pro wrestling. Yeah. You know, get all juiced up. I don't care what it takes <laughs> for you to be your best, but do it all. Jim, somebody's going to die on the field. Like, that would just absolutely happen. And then, and then the sport will done will be done. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've always said that. We've talked about that. Yeah. I mean, there is that possibility in football, regardless of joking around about all the steroids or whatever HGH. But I mean, we've all been at practices, right, in the NFL training camp practices or at a game. And when you see that collision, that guy's not moving. You go through about you do go through a little period where you're like, it's scary. You know, you see yeah. his teammates, they they look scared and, and I you know, you just hope it never happens, like but it I mean, chances are it may. Yeah, I mean these guys are hitting each other from just obscene car angles. Yeah, they're car, car crash. crashes and it's the T V um broadcast does not do it justice. I tell you what, like no. No. some of these games pre COVID when they you know, some teams would let the media kind of watch the end of a game like near the sideline and Man, that opens up your eyes when you hear and you see these collisions up close. The sounds alone—it's it gives you the chills. I didn't mean to turn this dark, you know, in a hurry, but I I do agree with you on letting guys 
kind of do what they want. You know, I, yeah. I mean, we were talking before. I'm pretty like individual liberty libertarian when it comes to a lot of things. It's like, uh, if you want to do whatever you want to do to your body, hey, that's that's on you, right? Side note, I can't say who it was, but when I was reporting on uh, this uh, quarterback story at Golong, you know, Chicago Bears, wild offseason and everything that led to Justin Fields, I had a source tell me that he was at the Combine once. We tell a lot of Combine stories on this podcast. And he walked into the bathroom and he saw – I I can't say who it was – an NFL – Let's just call him uh, a general manager. Maybe he was a general manager. Maybe he is right now uh, doing lines of cocaine. So speaking of cocaine, there you go. I mean, I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, still do whatever you want, but the player That seems a little much. I don't know. For a GM, that seems a little much. Yeah. But, hey, you got to do what you got to do to get through the combine too, so. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. That's true. Yeah. We've all I mean, known, when you're watching week. guys run around in spandex, like, hey, you know what? Got to get by, right? I always tell the story, you know, my first year as an intern in Philly uh, at the Combine was probably the most exciting thing. You know, think about coming in, co- you're in college, your internship, and you're going to the NFL Combine. I was like, this is the best. By my second year, I was like, okay, I'm excited. Third year, I was like, I, "What are we all? What is going on? How is this like?" I it it went. It, I lost interest in that so quick. So I, I, you know, we talked about the combine. It's it's kind of way over the top, but it is. It is. But um, yeah. I mean, you know, NFL headlines. I guess not a hell of a lot has changed since the last few podcasts. It's. Uh, I, I would think that all these owners and and Roger Goodell they. They probably don't like the fact that Aaron Rodgers is trying to completely change the power structure of pro football, but they do have to like the fact that he's giving everybody something to talk about. I mean, the NHL, the NBA playoffs are going on right now, and I think people are probably more tuned into, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers in Hawaii and you know playing the air guitar to a Taylor Swift song, Taylor Swift song, or whatever he was doing more than the actual NBA playoffs. So. The NFL is king, and here we are. Are you and Aaron Rodgers completely opposites? I, I would say that in, in several different ways. Yeah, picture you yeah. Taylor Swift. No, you um, know what? No, Taylor's got some jams. I was going to say, okay, yeah, I was hoping you were jams. open-minded. I didn't know if you were open-minded because she is, I mean, hey, yeah. she's successful for a reason. So. But I was tuned in to ESPN, the ESPN Get Up show in the morning. I always try to put it on, get a quick you know, whatever they're talking about, just to stay updated on some things. Um, and I think some of those guys do a really good job. A lot of them do. But Marcus Spears was on NFL Live um, this evening, I think. And he was simply saying that the GM, Brian Gutekus, simply needs to apologize to Aaron Rodgers. And we've talked about this, and it's it drive. you know, we're, we are a pro player. We are always pro player. But this is a different scenario. This isn't about money. This is strange. And the only thing that came to my mind is not only, okay, go ahead, Gutekus, do your press conference, go up there and apologize to Aaron Rodgers. I don't know what you're apologizing for, for giving him an unbelievable, talented team that that was just in the NFC Championship. Um, But then go all in. Trade for Julio Jones. 
say, Aaron, this is how much we love you. We're going to give up our next couple first round picks for Julio um, because we, you don't have enough talent. And, and this is how much we'd love you to come back from your little trip to be with your team. And we'll give you Julio too, because that's how much we're going to cater you. I mean, where does it stop? Where does it stop? It, it seems to me after listening to everything, Aaron is definitely against Murphy and Gudicus. Would you agree? That's it. Yeah. Also, Jim, I <laughs> that was great, by the way. I feel like, um, you know, if we ever get into, like, uh, a, a disagreement with a family member or a friend or a significant others, you know, all we have to say is, hey, it's about the people. It's about the, about people. the people. It's about the people, Jim, you know? People. It's about the people. Because you can't – what are you going to say? What are you going to say to that? It's about the people. Um. I, yeah, that was – I mean, I'm a huge, huge Aaron Rodgers fan. I, I really am. This has totally turned me off as far as, you know, you always have to separate the player and the person. But, man, it's just disheartening to me to see him be like this. I, I'm not buying it. I don't get it. I don't see where he's coming from on this. I know we've talked about it, but I just don't see it. I, I think I think Green Bay, if anybody, has done one of the better jobs putting a team together that, has a mix of vets and young guys, and, and they're good every year. Like, they have a chance to win the Super Bowl every year. Well, you know, Aaron Rodgers cares what people think of him, and he cares about the personal narrative of his, of his career about as much as anything, I think. So, you know, that, I think that's what's going on right now anyways. It, it seems to be a messaging game, a, a PR game, because nothing substance, substance-wise has, has changed since that bombshell, the, the the first night of the draft, right? I mean, they're 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 kind of in the same spot, so it's a lot of like John Coon saying this and Devontae Adams saying that and James Jones saying this, and then Aaron Rodgers just chums it up with Kenny Maine. And I think that I don't know. I mean, I, I I could be dead wrong on this. I feel like you know when his camp leaks that they want Brian Gutekunst gone, right? Like he needs to be fired. The, the Yahoo Sports report um, was a day three of the draft shortly after the, the Schefter. I I wonder if Aaron Rodgers really thought in his heart like that Packer fans would be going, oh, my God, don't let Aaron Rodgers leave. Don't let him get away. Like, you know, what are you doing, Green Bay? Because he was there in 08. I mean, he saw the fans, like, going nuts for Brett Favre to return when Brett Favre Granted, he wanted back in. Aaron Rodgers wants up, whatever. Like maybe, maybe we have to put words in his mouth again because he's not still not saying really what he wants. And but I, I think that maybe he didn't get the reaction he wanted. It was about eighty twenty pro Packers at least. I mean, fans can fans are smart. They can see the situation for what it is. And then you know you start sending out the surrogates. You start trying to win that PR battle. You go on Kenny Maine. You you know, say it's about the people. All this, but. It, he said so much in what he didn't say, to your point. He, he's clearly pissed off at Gudikins. He's clearly pissed off at Murphy. I mean, everything is kind of where it was all along. I, I don't think that this is a big ploy for money and that he's just going to come out. I think he's sincerely dug in. So if you're Green Bay, what are you going to do? Are you going to keep fawning over him at the at the podium and, and begging and pleading him to come back and saying you want him back in the worst way? Maybe they're just saying that to say it because they don't want to hurt their leverage in a trade June 1st. But uh, – at some point as a franchise, you need to chart a direction here because this game of, of PR and messaging and all this, it, it, it will just get worse. It will just continue. And I can't see Aaron Rodgers just showing up to Green Bay. I can't see it. 
that's the hard part is I, I could actually see it because at the end of the day, we, we've all worked for a, hey, we've all worked in places where you didn't like so-and-so, but you still showed up for work because that's your job. That's interesting. And that's the only, that's the only thing I could see possible where Aaron Rodgers at some point says, Hey, if he, if he means what he says on that the other night, I love my teammates. I love my coaches. Maybe, maybe he just says, okay, guys, I'm, you know, I'll do this, but I just can't believe I, I agree. You're right. Where does the, where does it stop? Where do you have to stop begging him come and, and play football for a really good team? That's the only reason I like Russell Wilson. He had, he had valid points. You know, they mm-hmm. haven't put together, you know, good offensive line. They, they have lost some good players and they have done some strange things, you know, around him. And okay. So he's upset about that. I think he has every right to be and, Okay, play your card if you want, but this one, Aaron, I just don't, I don't get it. For what it's worth, I want to say about 18 to 20 seconds after his uh, conversation with Kenny Main finished up, a player for the Packers called me up, and the first thing he said is he's gone. Like he listened to that, and his interpretation yeah. was, um, yeah. and granted, he's not in Aaron Rodgers' inner circle. I, I would imagine that circle is pretty small. You're probably talking Devontae Adams, David Bakhtiari. Yeah, uh, maybe Mercedes Lewis. I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't guess it's very large, but outside looking in this player, his interpretation of him saying what he said was that he isn't going to show up. He isn't going to change his mind. And and, and the, if the Packers think he is, that it's wishful thinking for what it's worth. No, and it it does come across that way. I, I'm just trying to think, you know, if, if he does love his team, that's the hard. I mean, mm-hmm. if you're going to say you love those guys like that. It doesn't sound like a bad situation to me. For all the reasons we've been laying out a while. So if you love all this Aaron Rodgers talk, we appreciate you listening. If you're sick and tired of it, maybe we transition here to something else, Jim. Uh, well, let's let's transition to the to the to the Bears right yeah, in the division. Yeah, let's do it. I mean, you, you you killed that story. It was fun to read about, but that's that's the, that that is what you go through. What the Bears were trying to do to get Russell Wilson, have your heart broke, and then you go and get Fields. Now, that, that you know, you win the little draft battle. You win the these next couple months, you got Fields. But until he proves anything, you haven't really done anything. Where Russell, you know, he's a proven superstar in the NFL. So it's still not comparing apples to apples with Russell and Fields. But, it gives it, it buys you time as a front office and head coach and ownership probably says, okay, now, all right, we got Fields. You know, you guys did this with Trubisky, didn't work. Now you got Fields. How many years do you get now? If you're the, if you're Ryan Pace and, and Matt Nagy, do you get two years to get this thing turned around? Probably. That's part of the genius of it too, right? Agreed. We talk about the NFL being a uh, a, a league of survival and. People like Howie Roseman finding a way to stick around for two decades through many mistakes, personnel-wise. Um, this is a good survival move. I mean, granted, they were swinging for the fences at quarterback every chance they could this offseason. And thank you to everybody who read read the story at, at GoLongTD.com. Um, it's subscription only, so if you want to check it out, you can subscribe. Seven a month, 70 a year. But we'll, we'll tease it here a little bit. Um, but the Bears basically – yeah, I mean, I think that they—they they, here's the crazy thing. I guess I guess start here. Like Mitchell Trubisky, um, 
is he Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson? No, obviously they made a mistake. But in a weird, ironic twist, I mean, he kind of saved everybody's jobs there. <laughs> like, when they put him back in, he wins those three games against bad teams. They get to the playoffs at 8-8. Eight and eight. Um, I, I, Who knows? If they're 5-11, and 11, is everybody keeping their jobs? Right. Probably not. Like No, that's a very good point. How they, And it almost got, you know, you almost got faked out about, it was kind of a fake end of the year for the Bears. Like, he was yeah. putting up numbers against, you're right, against some lesser defenses. So I would say this, yes, they probably thought they were out. The Bears probably so? thought they were, yeah. I think they probably thought they were gone after the season. They get Which the, is, they, it's, it's, it's insane. I mean, that's insane. wild to me. So they that, put together, you know, you always meet with, you know, with ownership after the season. And mm-hmm. if they're not going to fire you and they want to hear what your plan is, Obviously, they came in to the ownership and said, hey, we're going after Russell. We're going after Carson Wentz, uh, Derek Carr. We're going to go after all these guys. Um, and struck out, and then you shoot your last one, go up and get fields. It's it's amazing. So it starts there, you know, 72 hours or less after the season, they're having this press conference. And, I mean, I, I, I actually want your your perspective on this. The way I wrote it, like you read, Jim, is mm-hmm. I, I think that that press conference is so needed for public discourse and for fans that are pouring in thousands and thousands of dollars. Like, it, it does kind of become an interrogation, and sometimes it can get a little rough, you know, but GMs don't meet with the media nearly as much as players do. I mean, a player has a bad game. You know, they're they're answering for it right after that game. Like, Ryan Pace – does what he does on draft day. I don't know how often he meets with the media. It doesn't seem like a lot. I mean, a lot of GMs don't. I know when I was in Green Bay, Ted Thompson talked like twice a year. I mean, it was like the combine and training camp. I think, those, I think you're required as a GM. I think combines required and end of the season. I don't even know if you have yeah. to at training camp. I'm you're pretty right. sure those two are required, though. Is that right? Like, I mean, for accountability's no. sake? No. no, and I think that causes – I think it does cause some, like, you know, kind of dissension between – you know, the coaches, like, I'm the one up here all the time having to take bullets, and yeah. I don't think we have good players. Like, I can't – I guarantee you coaches want to sell <laughs> yeah. out that front yeah. office a lot during those press con- – or the weekly press conferences. But that is defend- that is a little tricky. To defend our guy, um, you know, Doug Whaley, I'll say this. When I first started off on the beat gym, like – so I came from Green Bay back to Buffalo for Rex's first year, 2015. I just remember going right up to Doug at training camp after practice. You know, I didn't seek approval from public relations. I just was like, you know what? It's the way I kind of approach the job all the time. Like we're human beings talking to human beings. So yeah. I, I don't need to get clearance. I don't need your hand held and to set up an official interview and run questions by you. And, you know, what? Uh, let's wipe each other's asses while we're at it. Don't get me going. Um, and I shouldn't rant too much. There, there are some very good public relations departments that there are, there's also some bad ones, but that's what I loved about Doug. I mean, I went up to Doug and he, we talked about Tyrod. I think it was early on in camp and it was pretty clear to me that Tyrod was just like better than Matt Castle and it really wasn't a discussion. And we were just talking about the excitement around Tyrod or something. It was great. And I feel like, uh, you know, then the season gets going and, you know, Sammy's telling me that he wants the ball 10 times a game and, you know, Doug is making the, himself look bad and the team. Look, I'm kind of wondering, like, I, where am I with Doug right now? I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure he's fine. You know, he's accessible. But, like, later on in the season, I 
I think I shot him an email on his work email or something, and I got the tisk tisk from PR. Like they got wind of it and intervened. And I feel like if I feel like if 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 the team would just kind of let somebody like Doug be himself. We've had him on here. I'm so glad the fans get to see the real Doug Whaley. That it helped him. It helped the fans understand the team. It helped everybody involved if everybody's just themselves and everybody was available. Because I'm kind of going off on a million different directions here, Jim. But no, I like I was listening pretty hard because I I like what you're saying. I I, I do think GMs shouldn't be so guarded and be able to get out there and and you know that's what was nice about Rex Ryan. I mean, yeah. say what you want, and some of it was a clown show, whatever. It might have been over the top, but guess what? He was having fun. I mean, that, that's how he took the job. And, like, he wasn't always going to be serious at a press conference. And I always think that's refreshing. But he will give you – he will give you honest answers. Like, he's not hiding. Rex didn't hide from anything. Um, you know, obviously Doug was we like had that, that, too, if he was allowed. If he was allowed. If he you was know? allowed. And, and, really? and, and Brian Gudekis, you know, like I told you before, I know Brian pretty well. And I, I would love to – you want to talk about a really intelligent guy to talk football with and life in general, had plenty of dinners and lunches with him over the years. And he, if he could just be himself, it would be a really good press conference. I promise what a, you. What an abject lie that he's a bad communicator, Brian Gudikins. Just a, That's wrong. I mean, talk back to the messaging and back to this game of PR right now with, you know, Rogers, I guess his camp and his advisors in the media pushing this, talking point that he's a poor community. Like it's, he was so, I mean, when I was on the beat, like he was, he wasn't even the GM yet and you could go up to him in the press box. He was friendly, you know, and that, and that is from a, from an old school front office that, you know, kind of looks at us as the enemy. And he wasn't yeah. like that. Like you could, I feel like anybody couldn't just go up to him and talk and the players like him. I, we're, I'm we're kind of getting, getting off on a tangent here, but uh, I was glad to see, was it J- Jim Nagy today on Twitter? Yeah. Yeah. Stood up for Gudikins. I mean, he's been yeah. a scout forever. We're gonna get him on. Yeah, the we all we all get to know each other on the road like that. So yeah. it was. I thought that was good by Jim to put that out there. But back to the Bears. I mean, yeah. So Pace, you know, he's not answering for a lot of these mistakes. I mean, free agency mistakes. There, there's been a few. So he he speaks and he is justifiably held accountable for a lot. And I rewatched that press conference. Last week, I think it was about an hour long, and you can see the desperation, Jim. I mean, you can see that as stoic as he is, and he's very just he's very, laser very. beamed. Um, he he's knew, always been like that. Yeah, he knew his ass was on the line. Like he had to find a quarterback, and that's kind of how they approached it. It was Deshaun Watson, it was Russell Wilson, it was Ben Roethlisberger. If he was available, it was. I was told even Aaron Rodgers that they that somebody thinks that he, they even checked out like, they, they were they were checking on everybody everybody um, why not and they and like we, we kind of mentioned earlier they thought that uh, Russell Wilson would be a real possibility there um, it didn't didn't pan out because uh, Pete Carroll wouldn't allow it Pete Pete nixed it I get it I mean if you're Pete Carroll I get it. You're coaching for another year or two. So how, yeah, how's that? Schneider, you know, I get it too, right? And there it is, where Schneider's not going to be. Schneider's trying to be there for a long time. So if he's had his fill of Russell and I'm ready to move on, then I get it. Yeah. But the coach, that's the biggest coach in 
GM, that's the biggest buttheads you have where coaches have to win now. GMs are always trying to think about the long-term sustained success for the ownership. We Just like when we talked, when we hired Sean. Yeah. And he was – he wanted Tyron, you know, and we were fine with that. But, you know, in our in our view was – we're not going to win a Super Bowl with Tyrod Taylor at quarterback. The way our team is structured right now, it's not necessarily Tyrod's fault. It's just what we have on the team right now. Are we a Super Bowl team with Tyrod, or is this a chance to really build this thing and get it? You know, we have a new coach. Let's let's build this the way you want it built. And Sean's big thing was winning that first year. He he didn't want to go in there and and take lumps with you know whoever the quarterback would have been if it wasn't Tyrod. He he wanted. He wanted to compete and fight, and they made the playoffs. And so now, did they did they better themselves as a team? I think they were nine and seven that year and snuck in. If, if, is that how they snuck? Didn't they sneak in that last game? The oh, Bengals, Dandy Dalton, I think the Bengals, Ravens. I forget the scenario, but we were nine and seven with, you know, that's what Tyrod is. He's going to get you. You can be nine and seven with Tyrod. You went nine be and seven eight. with Kyle Orton. There you go, and. Is that what your is that what your goal is? Are you trying to win twelve games, thirteen? You know, and, and that's that was our thing. Is I know we can win eight, nine, ten games with Tyrod easy. You know, if we have the defense and the players around him. But is he good enough to win a Super Bowl? And when you that, that's really the only question you need to ask yourself about the quarterback. You know, and that's where they're at now with Josh. You know, is Josh Allen good enough to win the Super Bowl? He he's got to put together another year. I mean, I think he's got to prove that. But go back to the whole point of coaches. They want to win and win every time. And and that's not that's not wrong to think that way. But do you sacrifice your future of your team by trying to win that one year? So I that's the hard part when you're trying to replace quarterbacks. It's, just like Atlanta, just like Atlanta. Exactly just like Atlanta. Totally. Just like Atlanta right now. Like I you know, Matt Ryan didn't play hard. He played okay last year. He really wasn't terrible last year. And so does he have another year in him? Yeah, sure. You know you're gonna. You know you can win nine, ten games with Matt Ryan. Can you win a Super Bowl with Matt Ryan? He was there. Is he the same player he was though? Back when they made the Super Bowl, I don't think he's the same player. So that's that. Those are the tough decisions. But if you're Arthur Smith coming into Atlanta. You have a. It's hard to find a proven winner like Matt Ryan. So, here's the thing, though, Jim. Is he a proven winner? I, I just pulled him up on Pro Football Reference. I love it. Show Six, it. His last eight seasons, six of them have been losing seasons. There you go. You know he won so much out of the shoot from 08 to 12, but then he goes four and 12, six and 10, eight and eight. Kyle Shanahan arrives, 11 and five MVP season. They blow the 28-3 lead. Kyle Shanahan leaves. They still go ten and six that next year, but then boom, seven and nine, seven and eight, four and twelve. He is what he is. I agree, and that's that's exactly right. And that is that I thought Atlanta had a shot to to go ahead and take that, you know, take Fields or whoever you like. Yeah, if you like, if you as long as you like the quarterback at four, don't force it. But if you like one of those guys, take them. Like it's okay. Jim, what were those conversations like? You know, I don't know if we've really gone down this road before. I know we're talking about the Bears and their pursuit here, but 
we've got a lot of Bills fans listening to that yeah. I think would be interested. But when you and Doug hire Sean McDermott, yeah. you, you get him the interview and you hire him, and it's time to figure out a vision for this team. Um, when does that come up and how does it come up? Like the quarterback conversation. Like so, I remember you said like when we were drinking all those beers at Resurgence back mm-hmm. when I was working on that Josh oh, yeah. story to launch. I mean, you made such a great point that I agree with 100%. It's like you said like we were bashing our heads against the wall to get to 8 and 8. And that Every was the year. case year after year after year. Like let's just go out there, go, you know, go a little Tim Murray if you have to and uh get a quarterback in that top 5 because to bring up full circle, that's that's kind of why Brian Gutekinds took a chance on Jordan Love. He's like, you know, we're not going to be picking in the top five, top ten with this good team. We believe in this guy. He's got some traits we really like. Let's take him now, develop him, and see what happens. But it, it, it's hard to get a franchise quarterback. There's a reason they're always drafted in the top ten. That was such a great point. How does that come up with Sean McDermott right after you hire him? So that well, that interview process was that was a major thing with all the candidates we talked to was the quarterback position, obviously. And you know, we talked to them about, you know, obviously Sean is, I don't know if he played against Tyrod, but obviously he was familiar with him being defensive coordinator. And you know, we were open if you wanted to keep him. Okay, that's fine. Um, every guy that we interviewed, Anthony Lynn, um, Harold Goodwin, and Chris Bouchard, they all all said they would keep Tyra. And we were just like, even Terry and Kim Pagula were just like, they were ready to move on. I mean, they were okay with it. Like they were ready for the future. Like as far as let's, let's strip it down, have a rough, you know, whatever. It would have been a rough 17 possibly knowing 18 um, was all those quarterbacks. And now the other thing we did ask every um, candidate was about Trubisky, Watson, and Mahomes. Yeah. And there was no conviction from any of those guys on those guys. So that kind of was the, that was, that's where it all kind of started where, all right, well, if we don't have conviction on these guys, you know, our scouting staff, you know, we, we had some guys that loved Deshaun. We had some guys that, um, didn't like Trubisky or like Trubisky. Like we were all over the place on the quarterbacks. And it just felt – it just didn't feel right to force it. If, if we couldn't all just see a guy and be like, let's go after him. Um, so and that's why we didn't take a quarterback at 17. And, you know, they did the same thing that we did every year with Tyrod or Kyle Orton, 8-8, eight 9-7, and, eight, and, seven, and you sneak in. And I can't remember what the original pick was in the draft the next year, but then they have to kind of – grind their way to the top of that draft via Cordy Glenn dealing him to Cincinnati. I mean, it's, and then they make the decision, Josh Allen over Josh Rosen, which you go Rosen, where where are the bills right now? It's It's incredible to think about, but, and and to bring it full circle, and that's a great explanation there as as well. Um, Man, it's just, these what ifs just always go through my head. Yeah, Counterfactuals, as they say. Um, it's, 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 I'm telling you, it is, it's, it's maddening trying to get that quarterback position right and keep them. And that's why I respect what Green Bay did if they had conviction on Jordan Love. I think that is – I really think it's brilliant. It is. Um, now, he has to be good at some point. 
but, but he's by got then, those modern quarterback traits, right? The big arms, the athleticism, the improvising, the the, the 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 sense of magic there. That you know what, it, you might flame out, but if you hit, you have a top talent at twenty six overall. Well, huh? This is the this is also the time of year in OTAs now where if you want to feel good about yourself as a player, this is the time of year to read all the clips. Carson Frank Reich was talking about Carson Wentz. His presence is just incredible. You know, um, I heard about oh Trey Lance blowing people away in San Fran. They, they can't believe it. You know, same stuff as the draft. Can't believe he was there. Can't believe how good he looks. In OTAs. <laughs> this time of year, as a fan, do your best to to you know keep updated, but don't take too much into this these OTAs. And and uh, my point of that was Jordan Love. I mean, he. They, they, we may start seeing articles about how great he's been looking in OTAs, and he might, but it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't prove anything. It doesn't mean anything. So you really got to get to the regular season and prove yourself. And it's just – this time of year is just nuts. I mean, every single guy I've read – every article I read is just they, how great every guy is. I'd love for a head coach just to get up to that podium and say, you know what? The dude just showed up fat, out of shape, lazy, no command of the huddle. I I don't know how we can go into training camp with him as our, our starting quarterback. You know? And you're also going to see the undrafted free agents, right? You're going to yeah. hear about them. Yep, yeah. it's a guy we targeted. Couldn't believe he didn't get drafted. Well, you couldn't believe it. You probably you had probably seven or eight chances you could have drafted the guy. <laughs> so you didn't think he was that good. But it's it's just it's. The same cycle for every team. Chicago, though. I mean, it's unbelievable to see a team miss on quarterback after quarterback after quarterback. And I think we all kind of laughed at that Andy Dalton signing, right? Like, oh, my gosh, you're you're tweeting out QB1 and the Photoshopped Bears jersey, and this this is who you ended up with? Like, you're moving on from Mitchell Trubisky with – Andy Dalton, you know, I mean, I think we were mocking it on here. Like, wow, what an upgrade. But I don't know, like what I was told, and I, I kind of believe this. I, I can see I can see that being a a signing where, yeah, like, you know, he could be the week one starter. He probably is. He won't last long. Eventually you got to get fields on the field. But uh, it, it allows them to move up without getting taken to the woodshed, as a source told me, right? Like you – when, when when Justin Fields does kind of slide a little bit and you're Chicago and you want to move up and you're going to offer a future first and a fourth or whatever, it was, like if they don't have Andy Dalton, like if they if they only have Nick Foles, right? If Nick Foles is their starting quarterback, like and I'm who did they trade with again? It was um, oh was it um oh the Giants, 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 good call. Huh. Kind of dealing with Gettleman, so who knows how it would really go down. But if you're a GM of a team, like it, say you're Gettleman, and you know that Nick Foles is going to be their quarterback, like I would be asking for everything. I mean, I thought that was a, such a great point. Like, give me a second, give me that starting linebacker, give me that. Like they could kind of set their price at that point yeah. if Nick. I mean, Dalton is substantially better than Nick Foles. Like I think. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but no, I agree with you. On it, that. It, it, I it think allows them to get Justin I think Foles. Foles is shot. Yeah, I agree with Dalton. Dalton is better than. Foles, but we're talking about you're comparing backup to backup, right? And Trubisky is better than 
both of them, in my opinion. But he's also probably best suited as a backup. So regardless, they're just shaking. They're just – they needed to make a splash. Yeah. So you think it was they more it. They knew uh, it. They chaos. knew it. Yeah. They knew it. They weren't. They weren't. Cel- I promise you that front office was not celebrating that they got Dalton. Yeah. Justin Fields. I, I tell you what, we didn't celebrate when we got Matt Castle. I remember. Uh, I remember a, uh, a press conference though. It was a pretty big announcement. You know, this is the guy, Matt Castle. Unbelievable. <laughs> I just shake my oh, head. Oh my god! I mean, what a man, what a that, business! That defense in fourteen, unbelievable weapons all over the place. Quarterback, quarterback away, a quarterback, quarterback away. away. And here are the Bears. You know, probably thinking they're all going to get fired. They keep their jobs. They sign Andy Dalton. They get to the draft. Lawrence gone. Wilson gone. Lance gone. They sweat it out. Was it the Broncos take a corner? The Panthers take a corner before that. Howie Roseman gets a another receiver and is bebopping around the draft war room. And there's just there's Justin Fields. There's Justin Fields right there. I mean, it's crazy. It's great. I mean, you, it's. I guess it depends what you think about Fields, but I mean, I know we're in agreement that the dude could be a stud. I mean, it, it, it's nuts how it worked out for that front office. It really is. Speaking of how this time of year is crazy, I'm over at the Seneca Sports Casino today putting some, you know, picks in for the games tonight. Older gentleman comes up to me, and this doesn't really happen ever. I'm there every day. And he comes up to me. I'm waiting in line. He just said, hey, you want a good bet? I said, yeah, of course. I'll give it to me. I'll, you know, I'll listen to anybody. It doesn't mean I'm going to take it. But, yeah, what do you got? He said, Bet Tim Tebow has over 125 yards receiving for the season coming up as a tight end. And he said he is going to make that team because they're going to use him as a quarterback in short yardage situations. And they play 17 games now. He will definitely have over 125 yards. I said, I respect. I looked at him. I said, you know what? I respect your thought on this. It doesn't sound crazy to me. Because, hey, we all know he's a, he's a hero in that area, Urban, Tim. I said, but I'm going to just say I'd like to bet he doesn't make their team. He goes, really? He goes, there's no way he's going to be. I said, you know what? Well, we're going to find out, I guess. But I said, I just don't see. But that's what this time of year does. This guy has. This guy was so excited um, to bet that Tebow's going to have over 125 yards for the season. Now I'm gonna now I'm gonna have to bet it. I think I take that. No, I have to do it because I wouldn't be able to live with myself if Tebow actually does do it. And I'm like, wow, I had this guy, so I'll throw something on it. But he was sent from the gambling gods to. Uh, make I mean, that's rich. what I'm saying. I have to. That's right. Yeah. I have to do it. It's not. It's not going to be fun. I'm not looking yeah. forward to it. But that's what people. I don't. I personally, Trevor Lawrence, is faster than Tebow, more athletic than Tebow. Just plenty big enough. You don't need to take Trevor Lawrence out of the game ever, ever. We haven't even talked about Tim Tebow. I think we were sorry. Going to do I just it. wanted to. You know, I was thinking about like it, I, I forgot that story was so funny today. That never happens over there. It was just kind of the most random. 
this guy was so gung ho about Tebow. I said that's what this time of year does to people. Well, let's hear it then. I mean, before I uh, blather on and on here, like I want, I want your Tim Tebow take right now. Slide it in the oven and let's uh, no. let's get it cooking. Yeah, I don't like it. Um, no, I don't think it's a good move. I don't think he's going to be a good tight end at all. Um, I don't see it being a. I don't see that helping their team at all. Where, and this is the part I hate. I don't know enough if you're in the building, but. If he is going to be around Trevor Lawrence, if they brought him in specifically just to maybe be around and just so Trevor can see his just work ethic and, and just maybe, I don't know. I'm, this is the reach. I'm reaching right now trying to figure out a way that this is a good move. But maybe for this first OTAs and training camp and preseason, it gives Trevor, you know, somebody to – that had played in this offense, played for Urban, could maybe help him with some things. So Urban doesn't always have to be in Trevor's ear all the time. Maybe Tim can help out. I don't see the tight end thing at all. Like Tebow's not fast. Like I said, he's not a route. He's not going to be a route runner. Like he doesn't have that makeup. Like he's not a shifty runner. He's a straight ahead bull. Like a full. He's more of a fullback than a tight end. He doesn't have that length that tight ends have. He's never blocked anybody before. Could he be more of an um, H-back then? Like, are they just saying tight end and they'll masquerade him in could, the backfield? Yes, you could and... do that. That's fine. Are you as um, – I'm just against – like, like, People are offended by this. Like, no, people, no, people I'm not offended People are really pissed off. Yeah, I'm not pissed off or offended by it at all. I don't understand that angle either. I mean, if Jacksonville did this just to sell out preseason games, I don't hate it either. I don't hate that. Trevor Lawrence can kind of operate under the radar as a number one overall pick to an extent. I mean, eventually you are Trevor Lawrence, yeah, franchise anointed oh, yeah. savior. But but with Tim Tebow, I mean, around like I think it's the top five selling jerseys in the NFL are like all Tim Tebow jerseys. So he'll soak in a lot of that spotlight. You know what I mean? It's true. It's a very. It's there are some things that if they did, if they really were this calculated. With Tebow, I could see that being the reason more than I can. He's going to help us as a H-back or a tight end. I, you know, I, and I'm glad that we're in agreement on, you know, the, the people that are just so, like, incensed about this. No. I, don't, I don't get it. Like, no. take that energy and that anger you have toward Tim Tebow getting a shot in the NFL and, and apply it to, you know, something useful and, and – in day-to-day life to make the world a better place because, I mean, I don't remember Alden Smith, right? I mean, the defensive end, you know, he had the 19 and a half sacks, I think, like in 2012 for the 49ers. Um, let me just pull him up here one second. I want to get these years right. So, yeah. So then he goes to the Raiders in 15. He's out of the NFL in 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019. He doesn't play until 2020. Like, I don't even remember what he did. I remember it was really bad. Do you remember? I could, mm-hmm. uh, substance I abuse, personal conduct. It's pretty um, much what he's had his whole life, I think. Oh, yeah. Uh, alleged domestic violence incident. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't remember people being irate over Alden Smith getting an opportunity when he was out of the game for five years. Um, mm-hmm. And Tim Debo seems like, you know, he seems like a pretty good human to me. Like, it seems like he's making the world a better place if we're going to talk about him as a person. I don't know. I mean, it, it, I, I agree. Like, I don't know if he's a good tight end. I have no idea. But I'm not going to get 
all hot and bothered about something. Like I can't this wait to see else. it. I'm not going to lie. I can't wait to at least see yeah. how he looks. Because one thing about him, look what he did with baseball. I mean, obviously he's played baseball before, but, I mean, he still worked really hard and was fairly productive as a baseball player. I mean, the guy has a drive that you can't hate on his at least drive and, and desire. It's not like he shows up out of shape. Like, he's really – he wouldn't do this if he didn't think he had a chance. So I wouldn't, I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't see it happening, but Hey, Tebow, he's going to give you what he's got. He's insanely competitive. I mean, that 2011 season, we probably even talked about it at some point on here, but like, I can remember covering the 15 and one Packers and like that they're playing the Raiders. Uh, I think it was like the four o'clock slot, the, the, the premier game on CBS that weekend. Tebow was, I think playing the bears that week. And everybody in the press box, like, left, except for, like, the the Packer beat writers and some of the Raider beat writers. Like, everybody was just there nationally, went back to watch Tebow on the TVs, like, behind everybody. Because it was and, – and it was, like, that effect nationwide everywhere. Like, what he did that season, it was insane. Like, and I don't know, just as a, as a objective sports fan who just – roots for the story and not any particular team like that's a story worth rooting for i mean it was it was wild and i think hey i don't know i think it's fun that he's back in and shoot me if that's bad it was fun scouting those those teams those florida teams were insane to scout oh i love that story at the florida pro day where was it aaron hernandez kind of gave you a look like yeah just rolled his eyes rolled his (laughs) eyes another overthrow he was just like riley cooper same thing shaking their heads Justin Fields going to be the Bears' long-lost savior at quarterback? Well, I believe in Fields. Do I believe in that head coach would be the question. That's a major thing. It's, you know, what Sean Payton did when we were in New Orleans with Breeze. Now, Breeze was obviously established in San Diego, you know, with the Chargers, came to us. And so he had some success in the NFL. So, I mean, you knew what you knew what you were getting with Breeze. Coach Payton also know knew how to get the best out of Breeze. And that's a big thing. Quarterback and coach have to be synced up. So I would say, I mean, can't we say the jury's out on Nagy as a head coach and developing a quarterback? I mean, God dang, what he did to Trubisky is about, that's about as wrong as you can do a guy that actually was playing okay for you. So, but I do believe in fields. I do. You're right. It kind of gets lost in it. A game and a half in, give up on them, go to Foles, go back. It's like if these are the people running the show, how much of a chance will Justin Fields have? You know, Allen Robinson, um, I mean, he'll be there. He'll be there. Uh, I think they got to repair that relationship, though. I really do. I don't think it's, I don't think it's good. Um, but I would physically. I would there. love. I know that I would love for them just to put Fields in right from the start. That would show me that would show me something from the head coach and yeah. I think it would show the team something too. Like Allen Robinson, like I mean he's a he's a, you know, we know how great he is as a player. But don't you think he'd be a little excited? Like Dalton's not like Dalton's not exciting that team. Like mm-hmm. Fields, hey, let's go. This is our future. Let's let's rally around this guy and let's figure it out. Totally. Get him out there. Yeah, get him out there. You can sell. Same with Trey. Get him out there. Get Trey Lance out there. I'm I'm for playing everybody. That's why I don't get it. Like, why are why is it so apocalyptic? Post coaches, 
coaches. I mean, coaches. with Jordan Love, like I, I know he's raw, he needs development, but hey, you took him in the first round. You got to see him eventually. Play him. He gets better by playing. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it's a little different because <laughs> the raw. Yeah, he is replacing the one of the greatest quarterbacks in our game right now, but it's it's yeah, it's not replacing Dalton or Garoppolo, but. <laughs> no, I, I if I was Green Bay, I would still be fighting to hang on Aaron as long as I could. Really? Is that I right? know, I know you don't want to hear it, but I, at some point you got to stop begging. At some point, the begging at all has to stop. You've probably been through those relationships in your in your past life, right, Jim? When you were just begging and pleading a girl. We've all we've all had our heart broke or felt disrespected, and 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 you know you got to get past it. And, and for Green Bay. You know, they have one weight. This isn't real life where usually you don't have your next spouse or, or boyfriend or girlfriend <laughs> waiting for you. I mean, you, you have to go out there and find that next person. Green Bay has the guy wait. You know, they have yeah. their guy right there. It's – I think Matt LaFleur has to be careful. I mean, I wrote this at, at Go Long too for, for subscribers. I mean, this is a pretty precarious situation as a head coach. Like, I know players are listening to every word. Like, they really are. Like, they're – how because in, in one side of your mouth, I think I think players do get it. Like we want him back in the worst way, like the begging, the pleading, the all of that. But when you're doing that, how serious do you take him when he puts on the film and he's ripping you up and down for not finishing a play? Like I don't know. I mean, I feel like this is such a fragile time. Um, and you saw these moments, you know, with your head coaches over the years, where there's these moments for a head coach where. It can go one way or the other. You you can win over a room and you can lose a room. They, they I'm not saying that they're going to turn their back on the floor and they can lose him, but like it's an opportunity to win the room and say, hey, you guys are here, we believe in you. He doesn't want to be here. It's I'm at some point it's got to come to that if Aaron Rodgers keeps dragging mm-hmm. this on and going on vacations and is being passive aggressive. You know what I mean? At some point you got to be decisive and and you stop kissing ass. Um. I think it's June 1st when, when you can get a lot for him. That's just me. I'm a Jordan Love believer, but for the ethos of a team, for the attitude, for like just the culture, yeah, it's, it's great to have Aaron Rodgers there because he's so good, but I, I do wonder what some of these guys think. I do wonder. Oh, there's. You, I think you're exactly right. Yeah. But the June 1st thing is, I mean, it's real. It's real for who? For Julio too, Julio Jones. Right, who you just said is going to be a Green Bay Packer. So there you they should it. just do it. Just yeah. do it. Go all in. Yeah, you know what? Bring everybody aboard. Trade Jordan Love to Atlanta. <laughs> That's how right. much we love you. That's how much we love you, Aaron. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, take personally have every fan mail back their shareholder stock. You know the certificate. And, and allow Aaron Rodgers to just put it right through an incinerator of some sort. Of, and um, you know what? Just make him owner. Um, I think it's time. You know, why why, why stop at GM, right? Why stop at Gudikins? Just it's time for him to be the owner. It's time for him to relocate the team. Hey, he's having fun in Hawaii. Maybe you move him out to Hawaii, right, Jim? Hey, this is what this podcast is all about. We, we have Tebow replacing Trevor Lawrence in goal line situations and being a productive tight end. 
from my man at Seneca Sports Lounge today. Yes. We have, I, you know, Jordan Love to Atlanta for Julio Jones and some first round picks. <laughs> this is the, this is the info, the yes. inside info. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yep. Everybody, if you, if you own stock in the Packers, I'm sorry. It's the time is up. The jig is up. It's been a hundred years. It's time for an owner and his name is Aaron Rodgers and he'll be the quarterback on the TB12 method plan. I don't know, 60 years old, 65 years old, you know, this Why not? Is what, you know what he bring him out there and in the wheelchair and, you know, we'll see what happens. So, all right. We probably uh, over, overstayed our welcome here, Jim. That was a lot of fun. That's I wish good. we were drinking beers in Hamburg, but you know, we yeah. need you. We'll get back there soon. Next week. Next week. Hey, before I forget, uh shout out if he's listening. Dan Koob, my good buddy from Green Bay, Wisconsin, worked at uh NBC twenty six. Met him out there, one of my best friends when I lived in Wisconsin. He's getting married this weekend, so that's where we're driving this weekend. Can't wait. Get out there, get on that dance floor. Should be a good time. So, Dan, if you're listening, we love you. We'll get you on here soon. Any plans this weekend, Jim? No. Watch NBA playoffs. Watch LeBron. Watch, watch, you know, watch die LeBron's on the court. Ball. I'll think about you every time he does. God. Also, I I love how uh, you know he was a close contact, but you know he was exempt. You know he wasn't going to have to sit out any games. Fucking hypocrisy. Get out of here. Like, it's just unbelievable. I just don't like hypocrisy. I don't like, you know what I mean? Like, you say one thing, and you're on your high horse, and you're preaching, and you're preaching, and you're pre- And then, oh, no, oh, LeBron James, oh, no, he's good. Yeah, yeah, nothing to see here. It's just – that's why I don't watch – I'm not, I'm not going to watch the NBA playoffs because of that bullshit. Like, I don't I, – I know it's dumb, and I should appreciate the best athletes on the face of the earth, and I've always been an NBA fan, but, like, Little things like this happen, and I'm, I turn into like a sixty-year-old man you know, that just is done with the game. Your talent, your talent will always dictate how much people are going to yeah. put up with it. <laughs> yeah, and he's he's talent. I mean, he can get away with a lot that a lot of other guys couldn't get away. Well, that's with. what we're seeing with Aaron Rodgers, right? Like he's so talented that the Packers are okay, kind of being publicly flogged. I mean, Rodgers is just—he loves the fact that they're being embarrassed. And, and punished. I mean, and they're okay with it, I guess, because he might change his mind. Who knows, right? Because he's so good. At some point, those lines cross. I, I think so. But All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. That was a lot of fun. Go along, TD.com. Subscribe today. Join our happy hours. We're going to have some fun ones coming up. Got Frank Winters confirmed today for a couple of weeks down the line. Frankie Bag of Donuts, former Packers center. And He's ready to pound some beer, so that should be a good time. Uh, Jim, as always, a pleasure. Send my best to the fam. You have a great weekend, Tyler. You too, man. Thanks.